The position of English in Malaysia, with its ethnically diverse population, is highly controversial, particularly in education. When it was a British colony, education for each group was generally conducted in their own indigenous language, Malay, Tamil, and a variety of Chinese dialects. English also played an important role, especially in secondary and higher education. In preparation for independence in 1957, a decision was taken to establish Malay, usually referred to as Bahasa Malaysia or Bahasa Malayu, as the national language in order to help unify the three ethnic groups. The natural reaction of, of countries that attain their independence is to shift, to create an identity for themselves, a national identity. And in Malaysia's case, post-independence, there was also this need to move away from the association with the colonial power and therefore English, and therefore they instituted uh, Bahasa Melayu as the national language. Following independence, Malay was gradually introduced as the medium of instruction in many primary schools, and in secondary schools, it often replaced English. It needed time before the country could actually shape its own identity within the education system. And the other thing that happened in the early periods um, post-independence was that we had multiple education structures in operation in the country. Um, some of the, the vernacular schools, for instance, the Chinese and the Tamil schools, um, largely used material and curriculum designs which originated from China or India. In the 1960s, tension grew between the Chinese and Malay communities culminating in the race riots of 1969, in which several hundred people were killed. That was a, a landmark event that began to shape subsequent policies in the use of English. By 1975-76, the schools had completely shifted from English language as the medium of inst instruction to Malay as the medium of instruction. So the whole period of uh, the late 70s and 80s uh, up to the 90s, um, while English still remained as a single subject in the school curriculum, Malay was the main language of communication. They had to submerge English. So English, which used to be the medium of instruction, became just a second language in the school system, which was compulsory to take but not compulsory to pass. So immediately the seriousness with which the language is regarded is subdued. And I think therein lies the biggest mistake that the government made at that point in time. Some parts of the Chinese community, which makes up 25% of the population, have strongly resisted the government's attempts to make Malay the medium of instruction in all schools. Chinese associations have set up their own schools alongside the state system. We emphasize the three languages, English as, a, as an international language, Bahasa Malaysia as a national language, and Chinese as their mother tongue. I think generally uh, the Chinese community accept English and they think that English is very important for them. But for Bahasa Malaysia, because maybe we are now um, lesser in using the language, so that is why they, they do not think that 
it is as important as English. They learn uh, these three languages, they will think English is very important, Chinese, and the, the least important is Bahasa Malaysia. Another impact of the race riots was for the government to turn its attention to the universities, which were still teaching in English. Universities were slow on the uptake and that caused a lot of frustration amongst the dominant ethnic group. So post-69, um, this implementation and institution of Bahasa as the language of knowledge in universities was implemented very much more strongly. And post-69, in 1970, um, University Kebangsaan Malaysia was also set up and developed as the first university that used Bahasa Melayu as the medium of instruction, as the language of instruction. Initially, implementing the new higher education policy and switching from English to Malay proved complicated. So all the public universities, that's the government-funded universities in Malaysia, the subjects were taught in Malay, all right? And that created a big problem because we, there's economies of scale in us, and economists have to tell you that it's very difficult to produce books in sufficient economic quantity in a language which is not large, widely used, you know. So we had difficulty in textbooks in uh, Malay. So we had to use English textbooks while teaching in Malay. And it posed problems for the students. And I think uh, quality did suffer because of that, you know. Uh, and because students' inability to read English, their general ability to read widely suffered a lot. The founding of the University Kebangsan Malaysia, or UKM, was part of the drive to raise the status of Bahasa Malayu. UKM was set up to ennoble the, la the, the national language, Bahasa Malayu. So it's so easy to be seduced by the English language and to go with the flow. UKM feels very strongly that it needs to provide a space and avenue for a national language. Because if all of us went down that path of only giving in to English, who would there be in the country then to take care of the national language and ensure that it also develops along the same lines? So that's why it's so serious and it's so important for this university. In the 80s and 90s, Malaysia enjoyed spectacular economic growth but there was a growing concern that the choice of Malay as the national language might hamper Malaysia's future growth. Its neighbour, Singapore, was thriving with English as an official national language. If you're talking about attracting FDIs, foreign direct investment into your country, and you're wanting to attract multinationals to come and set up uh, or, uh, bases in your country, you needed to provide them with a workforce that is fluent in an international language, and that had to be English. So there were complaints and there were, there were, there were messages being sent around that we're developing a generation that's not fluent and we've got to do something about it. As a result of these pressures, the government softened its stand and allowed foreign and private universities to be set up teaching in English. So now you have a dichotomy in this country. Public universities use Malay and private universities use English. And over the years, what's happening is more affluent families are able to afford to send their kids to private universities or abroad to get English education. The poorer Malaysians have to send their kids to public universities because they are subsidized, the fees are lower. So they end up learning in Malay. 
So the gap is growing wider, you know, in terms of mobility for children of poorer families, their ability to move up in the social economic ladder is actually being, uh, there's a big barrier now because of this language. And it's a sad thing, you know. The government also changed its school's policy and reintroduced English as a medium of instruction, though only for two subjects, maths and science. When they have high metabolism, they will not gain weight no matter how much they eat. Yeah, some people are like that. You eat so much, you don't gain weight. The new policy was successful in urban schools, like this one, but did not work in rural areas where many teachers are not fluent in English. There were serious challenges of teaching science and maths in English in the rural areas, especially in situations where the teachers themselves were not competent and were not committed. There were teachers maybe who felt that, uh, let's wait, the policy might change. So why should we invest so much of effort into trying to do this in English? So if they are not committed and they do it in a language for which they have not much competency and have no aspirations to want to improve, then it's a, a, a recipe for disaster. The problem, of course, was that there were huge numbers of maths and science teachers who didn't have a good level of English. And it was extremely demotivating for them. I think the other thing it's been demoting for, for is for the pupils who don't speak English as a mother tongue, which is perhaps 80% of the population or maybe more. Because not only now do they find, did they find English difficult, but they now had difficulty understanding and doing well in maths and science, and were blaming English for their uh, not liking and not understanding maths and science. Teaching in English has now become a political football in Malaysia, and there is a strong rural lobby opposing English. Unfortunately, because Malaysia is an ex-British colony, there is this feeling of uh, elitism attached to English. Um, I've, I've experienced, as many teachers have in the playground, you might get uh, a couple of students talking together in English. They will be chastised by their peers. Why are you speaking English? You think you're better than we are? The government try, is trying to change that mentality and trying to ensure that people understand that it is the language of business and commerce, the internet but still there is this lingering elitist kind of um, idea, particularly uh, among rural students. But the government has now agreed to phase out the teaching of maths and science in English and decided instead to focus on improving the teaching of English. What the ministry is doing at the moment is they are compensating for um, the reversal decision by putting extra resources and extra money into English language teaching. Uh, and they're already um, introducing projects to bring in expatriate teachers, expatriate teacher trainers, uh, to run courses, more courses for local teachers and so on, in order to upgrade the quality of English language lessons. Whilst the importance of English is now widely acknowledged, 
It's also clear to many commentators that each ethnic group should be allowed and encouraged to maintain its own language. Okay, we unplug first. I see more and more the need for us to really establish our ethnic identity via our mother languages, which for me would have been Punjabi. But because it was that period of time in which I grew up, where the focus was on the English language, and I was in an English medium school at that point in time, I, 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 I came from a lost generation. I lost my mother tongue. I, I'm not literate in the Punjabi uh, language and I speak social Punjabi. So now we, I realize the importance of having that because one can't just survive on just one language.